0: Welcome to another episode of the About Mansfield Consumer Advice Series. I am your host, Steve Casio, and as always, you are you, and we appreciate you being here today. And as we do every Friday here on the, uh, the podcast, we bring in our financial philosopher, that would be Philip Washington, Jr. He is the Chief Investment Officer with Stonehill Wealth Management and the host of his own podcast, Wealth Building Made Simple. Today's topic, index investing is dead. So today... As we do every Friday, we talk about uh, financial stuff, and today you're going to help me out with this topic because I, I this it's something I, I I'm a novice when it comes to investing, so I don't really know what this means. But it, index investing is dead. Uh, it sounds intriguing. Mm-hmm. Sounds like maybe it would be an an episode of Columbo or something. Um, I, I'm aging myself here, but um, help me out. In in index investing is dead.
1: Yeah. So you you know how um, and and I was a victim of it as well. So I'm going to explain it, and it's going to sound harsh, but I was a victim of it because uh, it, because by the way, I still use ETFs, which are exchange traded index funds. And as a as a product, they are a good low cost way to get exposure to um, to asset classes. But as an idea, index index investing is similar to this. Um, uh, Goodwill built a great business from people taking their old clothes and then r- repackaging it up and selling it for cheap. Yeah, and so the idea of index investing is, hey, just just buy a low cost basket of, for example, S and P five hundred or Dow stocks, and if you look back in the past, it, it it performed well, and I'm like, yeah, but that's looking back in the past. The world doesn't stay static; it keeps moving forward, and so of of, of course, it looks better in the past, but we're going to the future. You know, we're moving to the future, and like things change, and so it, so, index investing is the idea that. Um, you can be the active investor because if you just repackage up uh, the old economy ideas and invest in a low cost, they would do what they did in the past, which is like, it sounds asinine now when I actually say it that way, but like, I believed it. People believed it because <laughs> cause statistics lie. Yeah. Or they can be spun. Uh, or misunderstood. Yeah. I mean, to be more optimistic, because I, I, I'm a stats guy. I looked at it and I was like, oh, well, this looks right, but what it doesn't take into account is the fact that when you're looking back, uh, you're not you're you're looking at averages, and you're not factoring in the companies that like grew really big and then came into the S and P, right? You're not factoring that while the collective mind might operate on the law of averages, an individual an individual can say, ah, but I want I want to see into the future, and I want to invest in the things that a new generation brings into, which is just a easy mind shift. And then you like, over time, even if you diversify, you don't pick the right ones, because you're buying the asset class of the future, yeah. you end up like outperforming, yeah. right? Without, without, even, without even trying or being clever because you're not buying old ideas.
0: And you talk about statistics and that, that well, a weatherman will say there's a 30% chance of rain. That's a statistic. Mm-hmm. All right, let's spin that into something positive. There's a 70% chance of, of sunshine. Yep. Or at least a 70% chance of no rain. It could be cloudy, but...
1: Yeah. yeah. And ultimately, they're saying, I have no clue. This is the educated <laughs> guess. And, <laughs> and, and, yeah. And, and, I, and, and the question just came to me, I think people are going to have is they go, well, h- how do you guys buy into it? I was like, well, because here's the here's the part that's right about what index investing is saying. It's really difficult to decide whether Coke or Pepsi are going to outperform over the next decade. Mm-hmm. But they're... Two sides of the same coin from the same generation, and and really net net over time, they end up in the same place. Like they end up, they both survive. They end up on average making about the same amount of money. So to, to try and pick between Coke and Pepsi, just just buying the next that owns both of them, right? So that's 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 where it makes sense. It's saying if you if you are doing a like asset class of a like generation, over time they end up in the same spot on average. Makes sense. But if you go outside the generation. Right, and you go to the newer idea, then, then just like the, the rules of life says, like new ideas have more upside, right? On average, if, yeah. you, if you're using averages, new ideas on average have more upside. So just like, so 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 you're gonna as a wealth manager, even though I use low-cost index funds for most of my portfolio, I'm being paid to look at the world and then find my clients' goals and objectives, which might be growth, might be income. Right, might be growth and income. Uh, right. We don't have suckers over here, but you listen to my podcast, you'll understand that. But it, it'll, um, you know, my job is to help say, okay, based on your goals and objectives, now let's put you in the asset classes that are uh, moving towards the future in the lowest cost way possible. It's not gonna all be the S&P 500. Uh, it's barely gonna be the Dow, if, if, if any, right? Because of like where the world is moving and understanding like what's going on, but that's, a, but that's an active approach. Having a wealth manager is active, but active doesn't mean like trading every single day. Right. Active means you're paying attention to the flow of money, uh, and the multi-generational t- trends that are happening, right. That are dying and being born.
0: Would you say that's, uh, that's an, that's an aggressive approach? That or- is,
1: th- th- yeah, there, there, there is no such thing. You ever heard of the, what's the movie called? Money never sleeps. Yeah. Right. Because there's no such, de- like even in reality, reality appears to be static and, and, and moving. But from a physics standpoint, energy is always in motion. Our cells are always dying and being, re- everything's always flowing. Like our perception might perceive it to be still, but it's not still. Same with money. Money is never like static. It's, it's going forward or backwards, right? So you could put a hundred grand in the bank and you could say, I can see the hundred grand. For five years, it ain't going nowhere. Yeah, but like five years ago, you could have bought like double the house. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You, right. So so, so the value of your money got chopped in half, even though you can see it. Like statically, you're like, I see the same amount. Yeah, but can't buy what it bought because inflation is like the real quote unquote uh, relative term you need to look at when you're thinking about your money or your value.
0: So someone uh, s- smart once told me, and that, w- that would be uh, – no, he's over here uh, – <laughs> Your money should should outpace inflation, mm-hmm. yep. and so whether it's investing in you know I- investing in this pot or that part of that pot, uh, if inflation is at uh, hypothetically five percent, you, hopefully your investments are generating at least six percent, keeping up with the pace of or outpacing inflation. Yeah, does that make? Yeah, wha- again, wha- wha- wha-
1: wha- wha- whatever inflation is is, and the the cool thing is, you actually can't use the inflation numbers printed by the government because they're a bunch of statisticians, so they get things wrong,
0: and they can be spun.
1: Uh, yeah, and I don't think they do it on purpose. I think yeah. they just believe too much in stats. Um, I think my litmus test, my loose litmus test, given my intuition of what's going on, is the S and P five hundred. Like the inflation rate now is S and P five hundred. So like and that's that's over the last decade been something like ten-ish percent a year. Hmm. Um I gotta check my numbers, but nine, eight, nine, ten percent a year for the last decade, including the last fall. Right. So I mean I, and then so moving forward, it's like that's my baseline. Like if I'm not investing in anything that's not doing ten percent plus a year, uh my expectation over the last over the next decade is uh we're not gonna make it. And the inflation numbers are starting to confirm that, right? You're looking at inflation numbers and they're beginning to like confirm that and so that's the the tricky part about investing is you have to statisticians are looking at the past you can't look at their numbers you have to like all right where's the real number because it'll become apparent in the past like 10 years from now we'll look back and we'll go damn philip said 10 percent a year it was 12 13 he was pretty close i'm like yeah like not going to be perfect but i just want to and that's where Buffett talks about a margin of safety. So if I think it's 10, then I want to put most of, for my goals and objectives, I want to put most of my assets in things that are 15, 20% plus, Yeah. right? Because I get the, the inflation is a 10. That's that's lost money if I don't beat it. My net return needs to be, you know, whatever it is, plus that, right? And so that's like the important part from an investment standpoint moving forward is out, out out running the bear, Outrunning the bear, you don't have to be the fastest. Oh wait, you right? No, I got to outrun the other person, right? You right? You just <laughs> <laughs> can't outrun the bear. Uh, you know,
0: I I I love these these Friday conversations because it's it's my it, it's kind of like my college uh, my college financial class that I never took, and mm. and so I I, I gain so much information in just these little ten minute nuggets, and I hope our listeners or viewers are. Uh, are gaining from this as, as well.
1: Uh, you know, Stephen, I'm, yeah. I'm putting this out in the atmosphere because you just, like, one of my goals, and I'm not going to go back and get an MBA because I just don't think that they're teaching me what I need to know I should be teaching the MBA class when it comes to finance, from my perspective. But, I, but that's a requirement to be, like, a college professor. But I would love to teach a course on, like, finance and money. So I got to get this podcast big enough, and, like, when the world shifts and people realize... Oh, he's leading thought, not regurgitating it. They might ask me to be like, you know, they'd be like, we'll forgive the NBA, you know, deal. And we'll let you teach a class. I would love to. That. That's like a dream, like to teach a, uh, uh, you know, uh, a class in college. I see you teaching
0: a, a course called The the Philosophy of, of Money.
1: That would be dope. That would be great. Sounds like a good newsletter name.
0: The, the philosophy, philosophy of, of money. money.
1: I'm writing it down. Straight.
0: There you go. And that's a t-shirt, too. That's a t-shirt, too. Yeah. Like the financial Phil Ossifer. <laughs> Speaking of, if someone wanted to reach out to the financial Phil Ossifer, how can they reach out to Philip Washington, Jr.?
1: Stonehillwealthmanagement.com. That's Stonehillwealthmanagement.com. Like I said,
0: it's an education. Appreciate it. And uh, we'll do it again next week.
1: Thank you. Appreciate you, Steve.
0: We appreciate you listening to the About Mansfield Consumer Advice Series. By the way, if you own a business and you are interested in being a part of the Consumer Advice Series. If you have the knowledge to give information in 10 minute increments to the consumers, shoot me an email to info at aboutmansfield.com. Again, that is info at aboutmansfield.com. We'll tell you how we can get you all set up. Appreciate it. We do it again next week, right here on the podcast.